Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Answering the Call, offering a glimpse into the spiritual journeys of local priests, deacons, and religious. And now, Answering the Call with Elizabeth Piccicelli. Hello, and thanks for joining us on Answering the Call here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. I'm your host, Elizabeth Ficicelli. Our, our diocese is very blessed to have yet another group of religious sisters among us. This newest group is the Franciscan Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary of Colum, and they are serving at St. Peter's in Chillicothe, as well as St. Mary's in Waverly, Ohio. And we're going to be talking today with the superior of the Chillicothe Convent, Sister Amelia Mary, to learn a little bit more about the, relig- the religious order that she's a part of and the story of how she came to be a part of it. So first of all, welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, Sister Amelia. Thank you. It is great to have you with us. And, you know, first I want to do, Sister Amelia, is talk a little bit about the Franciscan Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in Colum. I know that your order was founded in 1844 by Father Louis Dupuy, and he was a French missionary. He came to the very southwest region of India, and first of all, I understand that your order is the first Catholic religious order of indigenous women in Asia, meaning that all your members come from India. Is that correct? Yeah, yes, that's right. Um, this order was founded for native women of India uh, to be able to answer God's call for a religious occasion. Oh, beautiful. So even Mother Teresa's order in Calcutta was n- not... Because yours was first to yeah, be we, the yeah, that's, first indigenous. Uh, you know, um, it is the Indian origin because in 1844, a synod of priests was came together. Uh, they seriously uh, discussed the possibility of establishing a order of Indian sisters. So they came. This idea came through the priest. Then um, finally, the synod uh, assigned the work of founding a congregation of the women to Reverend Father Dupuy. How beautiful. Now, India is not a very Catholic country. There's less than 2% of the population that are Catholic, and the majority um, of the people in India are Hindu. Yes. Uh, so how did the Catholic faith come to India? St. Thomas, the apostles, uh, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus, um, landed on the Kerala coast in 5280, um, and he preached the gospel, and he organized uh, Christian communities. Also, he established churches, seven churches. Uh, one of them was in Kollam, where we came from. Okay, so St. Thomas was the first, and then there was... Then um, the Christian, um, the Latin um, missionaries came on 1400s, then later, um, the 1600s, um, St. Francis Xavier came to Goa, then Kerala. then. Okay, and again, we're talking about the very south part of India, if you can visualize, the very south tip of, of India on the west coast in particular. And Father Dupuy, your founder, had an interest back then in educating Catholic women. Why was that important to him? Oh, it's so the... The situation during the 19th century was very miserable and educational opportunities for the women was totally alien to them. So it is important to give education on 
bring up to uh, the to show who is Christ to them. And I would imagine by evangelizing the women and and uh, schooling them, helping them to be literate, would be a great way to further spread the faith yes. in their own families. Yes. And, yes. Yes. Okay, and then in, it was in 1949 that the order was divided into two congregations, based uh, one based in the city of Kolum and the other Pondicherry. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. So, what's the difference between those two groups? You know, when the order was started, there was a sisters from Kolum, that's from Kerala state of mm-hmm. Kerala, and sisters from Pondicherry. So, since the languages from two places were different, so it is found difficult to promote or teach the young women in both areas. So the uh, the Bishop of Coilon, um, uh, Bishop Aloysius Maria Ben Sigurd that time in 1907, mm-hmm. so he brought the community of sisters who speak the native language of Kerala from Pondicherry to Coilon. Okay, so promote, language is one yeah, difference. Yeah, promote the education. Like if we came from India to Indianapolis, you know, then... Uh, the language is the same, y- yes, but the not there. Same, then, yeah. So it's different language. The Pondicherry sisters speak in Tamil. Okay. Yeah, this, we speak uh, Malayalam. So it is better both in different places. Okay. To, and to both the, do both orders serve India primarily? Yes. But they also have an outreach beyond India. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, where where is your outreach specifically? Oh, we um, we have um, we have a seventeen convents in India, and uh, twenty nine dioceses, and uh, ten that's in ten states, uh, and um, Germany, Italy, um, U.S. right now. Then Wonderful. Jordan. And the Jordan also. Jordan also. What would you say, um, Sister Amelia, is the charism of the Franciscan Sisters of the Heart of Mary of Colum? We have education, nursing, um, social work, and uh, pastoral work. In education, uh, sisters working in preschool through um, college level, they teach. And uh, nursing, we have sisters. Our own sisters are doctors and nurses. So they are working in remote village to give care for the poor in India. Okay. So that helps give us a background on the Franciscan sisters and and kind of helps us uh, find where you you came from geographically because you yourself say you're from Kolum. So uh, and in the state of Kerala. Am I pronouncing this well? Okay. Yes. (laughs) So you were raised in a Catholic family because that's, you said that, region was very heavily yes, populated yes, with Catholics. Yes. Okay. Talk a little bit about your family growing up. I I raised a Catholic family and we have family rosary every evening. Every Sunday we walk four to five miles for mass. Four to five miles yes, to I mass. Yes, I was six years old and uh, my church uh, had mass 6.30. Wow. <laughs> Yes, and you're only you a know, little kid walking all that distance. I was a little distance. kid, and they uh, they carry me, and sometimes I won't walk. Then I walk, then I stop, and they carry me. <laughs> oh. Wow, <laughs> four to five miles, and that's one way. Yes, and one. then you have to walk that distance back home again. Yeah, I had to stop there, and I had to get something. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, that was a lot of dedication. Um, yes. Was it worth it for you? Do you remember that thinking, gee, this is a long walk. Where are we going again? <laughs> <laughs> this is 630. We'll walk 
Wake up. And was that 6.30 a.m. or p.m.? A.m. A.m. Wow. <laughs> okay, you're walking through the middle. How long does it take you to walk four or five miles? Maybe 45 minutes yeah. or I think less than that. I don't remember, but I enjoyed it. But <laughs> Did you attend Catholic school as you were growing up, Sister Amelia Mary? Yes, I attended Catholic schools and college now, when you were young, um, do I have this right in my research that you attended a local school that was called a Hindu school? Yes, explain I was, that. Um, I was. Um, I went to one through first grade through fourth grade. I went to Hindu public school. Okay, they didn't so teach, that's yeah, they didn't teach any religion or thing. But I, I went to Catholic school every Sunday for the of the religion class. Okay, and what was it like to go to a school that had both Catholics and Hindus in it. Did it this you, is very close to my house, though. As a, I am a little child, so they don't want to send me too far. Okay. But uh, fifth through my high school and college, I went to Catholic school and college. Okay. So that local school that you went to um, that was Hindu, was sounds like it was filled really with a lot of Catholic kids. Oh, yes. Because uh, it was right there in the, yeah, that almost, area. Yeah. But did, did, did you know Hindus growing up? Did did you know any, and did did they get along with the Catholics? Oh yes, from your experience. Yes, yes, okay. yes. When you were a child, um, and and you were thinking about, you know, what do I want to do with my life? You know, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was little, I had such a compassion to the poor, and I wanted to do something good for them. So I want to help the poor. Um, you know, my dad was. Always, um, when he get time, he was he's he's always with us. You know, a um, lot of uh, stories he tell us. If you try to be with us, or when he, after his work, he tried to be with us. And uh, as I'm a little child, I have a lot of questions to my dad. Always, he will give all the answers. All funny questions I will. He will give all the answers. <laughs> so I enjoyed. One day, I, I asked my dad. Who is the greatest person in the world? <laughs> then he said, that was Pope, because I wanted to be something great. So um, and he said, that's what Pope. And I said, oh, I cannot be a Pope because <laughs> he's a man. <laughs> so I thought I, if, I some, if I be something great, I can help the poor, this thing like that. So later I knew I became something great, you know, being spouse of my Lord is the greatest position, position in the world. That is very great. Is it, yeah. I'm imagining this little kid say, thinking, you know, I want to be someone great, something great, and asking their father. Your father probably had no idea why you were asking yes, who's the greatest no, no, no. person yes, in the world. Yeah, the world you know. Yes, I didn't, I didn't think um, while well, I go, I want to be a nun. But after my first communion, I thought about uh, to become uh, a sister. Your father, um, probably both your parents, sounded like they had a, a, a big input in your formation in general, um, in your faith growing up. Like your father liked to read uh, scripture oh, to he, you. And- he, no, every every day before I go to bed, I know, I know, I saw here the, the parents did a reading story for the kids. My dad used to say the stories from Genesis. And, you know, as a kid, I, he always say the stories from his childhood and I either his childhood or the from the Bible. Oh, his, beautiful. His stories every Sunday. His 
every day he's telling me the stories. And it sounds like they were generous because um, people would come to your home in need of, of food or money, and, and you saw that generosity. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, he, he asked me to give something, then I give more than what they told me. Oh, you, you were, <laughs> see, you were exercising that already, that you wanted to help the poor. I mean, that was yeah. who you were. Yeah. And you talked about First Holy Communion. Did you have any special memories of your First Holy oh, Communion? Oh, that is the, my First Communion day is the most memorable day in my life. Um, my sister's godmother told me, whatever you ask during First Communion will be granted. So, first thing I wanted to ask him to be a great person. <laughs> yeah, of course, you want to yeah. be a great person, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, when the moment I received the precious body and blood of my Lord, I forgot everything. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> To ask him anything, <laughs> uh, you know, a joy came into my heart. And I filled with the joy, peace. I embraced with the love. I don't know. I am. A, I was a nine-year-old child, you know. I forgot to ask him anything. I, I, I was so proud of myself. So I cannot explain that uh, that moment. Was, you were just so you, caught up in that moment. Oh, yes. How precious. When you were growing up, what uh, saints or people inspired you in your youth? Uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta that's, yeah, and uh, Father Damien in Molokai. Uh, they both were, I don't know, when I grew up. Well, Mother Teresa obviously was in Calcutta. Now, Calcutta is more in the north oh, or central. northeast. Yeah. Okay, and you knew of her work. Yes, that's why I, I, and I never see her. But <laughs> did you think maybe as a kid, oh, I might want to join that order? Or yes, yes, I was because her work and you know her her dedication to the for the poor and the Father Damien, he's in the, the lepers, the lepers and Malachi. Yeah, yes. So those were really uh, great role models. We're speaking with Sister Amelia Mary of the Franciscan Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in Colum, and she's sharing her vocation story here on Answering the Call on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. So Sister Amelia, um, when was it in your life that you became more serious about entering religious life? Well, I was in college that's I enter into my master's degree. I used to tell my parents I I couldn't complete my master's degree because of him. <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to join the order, so I talked to my parents. I told my parents I I want to join the order. They were so upset about that. Uh, my mom told her, no, you can send your kids, not you. <laughs> Why do you think she, she was, was reluctant? What was what she was, was? She was praying for to get a good good husband for me, but I got the best of all. <laughs> she was a good prayer. She didn't even know it. <laughs> you did. You got the yeah. best husband of all. So she wanted you to get married. Yes. So and I get job. You know, my dad was told I going to get job, but he was a little support for me. So your father, what about your father? Was, was he was he a little support. A little bit of support. Yeah, yes. And uh, One day, um, then I know they won't send me, they won't allow me to go. So one day nobody was at home. Uh, then I packed my bag uh, a little bit. Then then at the moment I ready, I just, I'm ready to go. Then suddenly a moment a doubt came into my heart. 
is really Jesus calling me? No, I don't want to go if it's a real call. I, I was just doubt. Then I was like, I don't know. Then I take, took my bag and again I was doubting. Is, is, he's calling me right now because here is nobody now right now. I have to go. You have to go out from this house. Then I suddenly I got an inspiration opened the Bible. And I opened the Bible. I my eyes point the the verse Mark sixteen uh, verse fifteen. Go out and tell the good news. That was today's uh, response to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I, the moment I closed the Bible, I went out the back door. And you went. Yes. Now you were about twenty-four I was at this 24, time. You said yes. you had gone to college and yes. you studied economics. Yes. What I were was. you thinking about doing with <laughs> economics? Where you're obviously smart because I could never study economics. I but I, I know I don't have good mark in science. <laughs> One what, thing. What had you thought originally about doing? Getting into the business world, or oh, yes, um, it can be a teacher. You can teach in school. Oh, okay. Yes. So you had, you know, you were college educated. You were twenty-four years old, so you weren't really you know, a minor anymore. You were a, a young adult and you could really make this decision. But when your parents came home and realized what happened, what what was their reaction? Oh, my mom was, my mom went to market. She came back. She didn't cook anything that day. She didn't <laughs> eat anything. Oh. So I know um, next day, my one of, my dad came that night and talked to my mother's superior. And, uh, but, um, she told them what's going on in my house. No peace, no. Oh. <laughs> so, so it took a lot of tears. A lo- lot of tears. Lot of uh, my one of my neighbors came next day, um, and um, he told, "Your mom is still crying." Oh. <laughs> then what she did, but I uh, she um, gave uh, my favorite blanket sent by somebody else. Even though she's crying, she was. Uh, <laughs> so she was coming to terms with it. She yeah, was just, slowly accepting it. Yeah, took time for her. What about your siblings? You had a brother and sister. How did they feel about you joining religious life? Uh, they didn't give. My sister was so sad about it because I was um, nine years older than her. So for her, I a big sister. So she was so sad. Oh. Now, you enter this um, this order, the Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in Colum, and it was several years uh, for formation. G- give us real briefly the, the formation process of the Franciscans. We have four years formation. Uh, one year we call aspirancy. Uh, during this year, um, there should be help to, to deepen um, their Christian faith and know and uh, love, you know, God more, okay. And this this time they are uh, observing their um, the sisters how they praying, and um, so the sisters also watching them and observing. Okay, so after and the second year mm-hmm. we call postulancy. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, that is a, a probationary period which the postulan receives the spiritual direction and instruction to the spirit of the our order our congregation and the third year they enter into the canonical novitiate 
here the candidate receive the new name mm-hmm. and they are strictly separate from the members of the community okay and they are they are not allowed to go home and once a year family come to see them and the fourth year is we call the regions so they go to the communities uh, how they learn more about the community life end of that year they can take their first commitment okay now you are in the process of formation yes. still in column yes um but an important aspect of your uh, religious order is that you are missionary you know as you said that your order has uh you know missions in Germany Italy Jordan and the United States were you prepared to possibly be sent very far from home no i didn't expect to come this far <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't have a convent in us until we group of sisters came to indianapolis okay okay or i didn't have nurse degree to go other countries as well like germany italy so you thought maybe you would end up in maybe northern india oh, or yes i you know. yes i thought i will go northern india i liked <laughs> so when when you got sent to go get your passport did you start connecting the dots well, and know, saying uh oh maybe i'm going to be set somewhere far you know my, one day mother uh, mother my mother superior called me and said um and told one of the sisters and entrusted to her said go with her to and go and take a passport i don't know i didn't ask her what what did we her and going <laughs> no i didn't ask just i went and then you found out in the united states what what was your uh, reaction about when you learned that they were going to send you to the united states and first uh, i thought um very far one thing first thing i thought about my mom because how she going to react again you think know think she's going to start she crying can, again <laughs> yeah she's she can come and see me once say we command the convent this is nearby this yes. is my home yeah yes. so first thing i thought then i thought this is too far the new this is language english it's okay but uh, the culture you know is too far from home yeah a little bit i was nervous did you have any preconceived ideas about what america would be like compared to india or i thought oh, it's, it's a rich country <laughs> what for well, why did they do that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you came over and found out that there's a lot of yeah, spiritual, spiritual poverty, poverty yes. here which is is yeah. really a great thing so you weren't even fully professed when you came here um you first arrived in indianapolis and that was in 1998 yes okay and so that's 15 years ago yes and what they have you doing in indianapolis what kind of work i was working at the daycare few years then uh worked as a um a ccd teacher and um then i went to uh, marian college for full time studying get my religious education i i graduated from there as a religious education my major is the religious education okay when you made your final profession of vows were, was any of your family members able to be there for that oh no that is too expensive <laughs> i think so <laughs> so they didn't get to be there for that celebration yes, yeah. how often do you get to see your family every 3 years every 3 years they yes. send you home for how long do you get to stay there for uh 15 days 15 days at home other other time we will spend our mother house okay what do you miss most about home my family now your mom is still alive no or she passed away after she she got a stroke 2003 then 
but um but later she had another stroke last year she passed okay last she passed year. was your dad still alive no he passed away seven years ago okay so you have your siblings yes and, my sister and, and my brother okay i have one older brother and i am the middle okay and and you came to this diocese just this july to yes. columbus what kind of work do they have you doing here we are helping both uh, st peter's chilicothe and uh, st mary's waverly and we are visiting the sick the homebound um visiting one of the state prisons uh to teach bible class and we are voluntary chaplain at adina regional hospital and veterans hospital wow so they're keeping you busy hospitals prisons <laughs> the school yeah, the church yes. i like mean to. we like to you like that. to be busy yes. well we are so blessed um sister amelia mary that you're in our diocese that you're serving with your sisters um and I, i'm sure uh, st peter's and st mary's are are very ecstatic to have you there and and all the good work you're doing um, and father han studying to another Russian chapel we're going to help them oh okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> and father han is really the one who was very instrumental in bringing you oh, here yes. in the first place and and it's just been a, a, a great blessing for our diocese and thank you. we thank you for coming on st gabriel and uh sharing your story and i wanted to ask you if you could end this with a, a prayer In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you Lord for your presence with us today. Mary, Mother of Jesus, thank you for interceding us always. Now we can say together, Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace the, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners. now and at the hour of our death amen thank you again sister amelia mary this is elizabeth ficacelli host for answering the call join us on tuesdays and sundays at 12:30 for another edition have a great week god bless answering the call is a production of listener supported st gabriel catholic radio am820 archives of answering the call with elizabeth ficacelli are available at stgabrielradio.com Sun